0: Happy holidays! Happy Spider Month! Spider Monday is now Spider yeah. Month! Yay! What's Spider Monday? Oh, when they had the last trailer for the Amazing Spider or not the Amazing Sp- uh, Spider Man No Way Home, the end of the trailer said tickets go on sale Monday. Blah blah. I don't remember the date, but it said Spider Monday. <laughs> And they oh, tried like to Cyber Monday? It was actually Cyber Monday, whatever that day is. And they
1: just... They tried to redub it Spider Monday. Well, it's more than that. It's Spider Month. Because this month, the whole episode of Preview Review is dedicated to Spider-Man, baby. Well, kinda. I mean, we can dedicate all the episodes of Preview Review to Spider-Man. Not dedicated like, like a... Like a book like dedication. Honor, no, no, not like that. Like dedicated like it's the only topic we cover. Oh, like, like devoted that kind of dedicated. to?
0: Yes. Like, I'm devoted to Spider-Man. Yes. Like, he just is. in general.
1: He is, audience. <laughs> and if you don't know who he is, that's Ryan Toon, oh, my co-host on this me. podcast. And who are you? I'm Tyler. Tyler what? I'm not as devoted to Spider-Man. <laughs> Tyler, not as devoted to Spider-Man Ellison. But, like, Ellison. he's still cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, uh, before we get too far into things, Tyler, we have to acknowledge... That we have received fan
1: art. Oh, we have. And it's more than just art, Ryan. Whoa. What it's, do you mean? It's it's more than just art. It has a purpose, it has mean I guess most art does that. I don't well, want to always degrade other works of art, but it's not just art like a two dimensional drawing on a piece of paper. This art is a handcrafted item. Yes. That I can tangibly hold and is also you know, in my possession. Like it's not just like I'm seeing an image of it. It's like I own it.
0: Oh, like someone didn't just like sketch. Like something
1: sometimes and... you like, oh, I drew fan art of you, and it's like somebody doodled you in their notebook, and they like Took take a, a picture, picture of it and tweeted no, it. No, no, no. But this is like an item that now is yes in my belonging, and it is a preview review Christmas ornament. Yes, we both received a Christmas ornament. It's quite beautiful from
0: one of our devoted fans, Stephanie. Long listener, avid lover of our podcast. It ties
1: in classic Christmas imagery with elements of the Preview Review logo, and it's just the whole thing is encapsulated in a snow globe um, carving. It's really quite something. Yes, we will be posting the image of uh, of it on our Instagram, so you can follow us there at Preview Review, and uh, you'll be able to see, you know, a little glimpse of of this this treasure. This treasure of joy that is bringing light into my holidays. Yes, holiday season. and
0: you haven't seen mine, but it, it looks different than yours. Yours looks like a snow globe. Mine looks like a more traditional ornament. Well, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. I mean, I brought you yours. So <laughs> oh, so you've seen mine. I've
1: seen yours. Well then, show me yours! God damn it! I'll take a picture. That's not fair. And I'll send it to you tonight. Okay, thank you. Okay. I appreciate Wait, we're talking about the ornaments still, right? If you want, to still be talking okay. about the ornaments. <laughs> um, okay. Well... As
0: Tyler uh, obviously stated earlier, this is our Spider-Man No Way Home episode.
1: That's right. This amazing epic film releases in the midst of this month. And we tried, we tried so hard, listener. We said, how do we incorporate this film into one of our regular episodes while also covering other trailers like we tend to do normally mm-hmm. if you if this is your first episode listening to us i'm so sorry Normally, we cover i'm so glad at, you're normally here. we cover four uh, movie trailers that are coming soon and we talk about what we expect from these movies and how we think they're going to turn out and we tried to put together that kind of, kind of episode that just featured uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. As one of the four. But we found no possible way of doing this. One of the reasons, main reasons being that Ryan is just far too amped for this movie. I love Spider-Man. For us to ever cover it thoroughly enough for his satisfaction, and quite honestly to your satisfaction listener, um, alongside all three other trailers. So we're de- uh, dedicating, devoting a majority of this podcast, of this episode... Uh, to discussing the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, but we do want to just give out some honorable mentions. We'll do some quick shout-outs, rapid-fire style, of other movies that we're anticipating and looking forward to that are coming out in December, because this is our December um, episode, and yes. we will not see you, or we will not be in your earbuds again, until January 2022. Where has the time gone? I know, right? I'm still processing March 2020. Uh, it's quite. It's wild that in a year, or in one month, we will have been doing like COVID versions of these episodes for almost two years. Like it was just in March 2020 when we stopped like having a consistent film release schedule. And we had to be like, oh, movies are so like weird now because yeah. COVID. And that hasn't stopped for nearly 24 months. Well, well, but we haven't been doing COVID episodes like last
0: spring after we both got vaccinated, right? We came back and we were like in the same room doing it. We weren't doing those horrible. No, Zoom no, I'm episodes. not saying
1: like ad- like we changed the way that we were doing the episodes. That was only for a couple months. But we like the way that films have been coming out, and we've had yes. we've constantly had to mention since then, like oh, this got delayed or pushed back or moved around or blah 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 blah. Or they or had complications during shooting because yeah, going COVID straight or to whatever. streaming instead. Yeah, yeah. So we had like so many adaptations. Like it was truly the one thing when when COVID hit. Not the one thing. There was the so only much more thing we cared about. But. It was one of the things that we were like. We thought this would be like endless fodder for podcasting <laughs> because movie release schedules are one of the one things that are like always. It's always there's happening. always a new movie. There's always something Every week. to put out, and then you know that wasn't the case for several months on end. So, anyways, we have all the some- best in 2022. This isn't our New Year's episode. We'll get to that in January. All I'm saying is, we're wrapping up the year and we're going out with a bang. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we get down into all the Spider-Man and other uh, end-of-the-year goodness, we do have to uh, hear from you, Ryan. Oh, Uh, yeah? Since our last episode, you have uh, seen movies that we previously previewed, and so you know what time it is. Cue the theme music. It's time for Ryan's Review Roundup. Damn, I love that theme music, Tyler. It's so good. Also, I forgot my classic leading question, so I'm going to circle back to it here. Ryan, tell us, what'd you see and what'd you think? Well, I saw only one movie this time. Uh, It's been busy
0: at the end of the year, but I saw Encanto, and I thought it was really cute. I really liked the movie. I thought the songs were catchy, and I really appreciated them. Um, It's not your typical Disney movie because there's, like, no main antagonist, or, like, twist villain or anything like that like they've been doing in recent years but i think it's a good family story about like bringing the outsiders of your family back in and like dealing with generational trauma like which is like a weird message for a children's wow. movie but i think
1: it's actually pretty See, cool i said it was gonna be about privilege but being about generational trauma that's that's almost a similar level of, of like
0: complexity yeah, for a children's complexity. fall, right
1: so i mean pretty gl- pretty good yeah well, pretty close I mean,
0: <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I'm just assuming. <laughs> I think you'd enjoyed it. Uh, I liked the songs a lot. I mean, nothing like in this movie like reaches the heights of the songs that Lin Manuel wrote for Moana, but I think a lot of the songs are still really good. I like a lot of the voice actors. The animation's always stunning. So yeah, if you haven't seen Encanto yet, I'd recommend seeing it. I think it comes to Disney Plus pretty soon. So if you're like not wanting to rush out to the theater, or you'd rather like watch a different movie at the theater that's not going to a streaming service soon. I understand that. Um, But yeah, I think it would be a good watch no matter if you see it in a theater or at home. It's not like Dune where you have to see it in the theater.
1: Mm. Quickly tying back to our uh, game that we played about this uh, movie on uh, on the last episode. Mm -hmm. Do you think any music or song in this movie has a chance of winning the Academy Award for Best Original Song? I mean, we don't know what's nominated against or anything like that, but do you think it has a chance?
0: Well, it's a Disney movie, so yes, it has a chance. Um... I'm sure at least like one of the songs is going to be nominated, uh, depending on what it's going up against. I don't know if it'll win, um, but honestly, like thinking about it right now, there's not like too many original songs in movies that have come out recently that like I think have muster to like win the award. So I sure. mean,
1: now that No Time to Die came out, I think the Billy Eilish song is probably the front runner.
0: Oh, does that um, count? Because it won yeah, the, the Grammy like ones.
1: years ago, right? Yeah, but now the movie's out. It'll be okay. eligible for the Academy Awards. Mm. So, yeah, because I think Adele won that for Skyfall, Skyfall when she did the song. Did Sam that. Smith so, win
0: for Spectre? Um, it's totally possible. It is possible. And if it's Popsicle, well, it's possible. That's weird.
1: <laughs> I, didn't, I, guess I didn't put that together. Normally the song is called what the movie is called, but Sam Smith did not write a song called Spectre. I think they called it, like, writing on the wall or something it's, like that.
0: It was called, uh, I'm James Bond and I'm in another movie.
1: <laughs> and someone wrote me a song. Thanks, Sam. You know what? I'll, I think it's fun that they still do original Bond songs for every movie. I no, think I it's think cool. it's cool. It's like a fun thing. It's like a like tradition. A whole, yeah, and it's like a holdover from an like a bygone era, kinda. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's neat. Yeah. And they still try to, like, con- like make it contemporary by having, like, Billy Eilish or Sam Smith uh-huh. or Adele do it. Yeah. um, And there was that, like sparks
0: brothers like uh movie that they put on amazon that's all original music but i don't know if any of those are gonna get nominated like but the academy likes to make weird choices sometimes but i definitely think at least one song from encanto will be nominated right depending
1: on its competition i don't know if it'll win though that makes sense all right ryan well before we get into spider-man no way home talk hold your Ugh. horses hold your horses for a little bit longer you can do it you i've don't been waiting about this
0: movie for so long if you go back to like our first episode of the year, I said there are two movies that I was excited for this year, like my two most anticipated movies, and one of them has been delayed <laughs> to 2022, so I only have one movie to look forward to. <laughs> Mission Impossible 7's not coming out this year, but
1: Spider-Man No Way Home is. We will get there, but first, just so we can, like once we get into it, that's all we gotta talk about for the rest of the episode, mm. so let's just really quickly give our listeners a quick I guess what's the opposite of a recap like a recap before something happens overview rundown well you could just say we're we're uh speed running yeah preview speed running yeah it's a speed round of like what other movies we might be looking forward to in december and
0: like a main reason we're doing this is because like because like you were saying earlier the covid like pandemic messed up the release schedule of all these movies like so no movies came out in the beginning of the year but like three times as many movies are coming out in October, November, and December. Mm -hmm. So, like, we're just going to speed run through a bunch of these movies, give our quick thoughts on them. Like, if this was a regular year, maybe, like, we wouldn't mention even any of these. And, like, we would just have three of them that go with Spider-Man. But this is not a regular episode. Well,
1: and especially now, because it seems like this is kind of crunch time for a lot of people trying to get movies in this year that they want to be considered for, like, the Academy Awards Mm -hmm. next year. Because because of the twenty because of the pandemic in twenty twenty, they lengthened the elig- eligibility period through March, and so we have an even shorter window in twenty twenty one to get films out for them to be eligible. Only everything between April and December will be eligible. So they're like, oh shoot, a lot of studios are like trying to get stuff in under mm-hmm. the wire here. And there's more than this coming out that we're gonna mention that are gonna be like, coming Oscar out in December. But this is just some stuff that we are. Um, especially looking forward to or have thoughts on yeah we're um, not
0: mentioning any of those like sports movies that are coming out in december it's a football movie you know what you're getting into which we're not, one are you talking about exactly jk
1: simmons or zachary levi exactly <laughs> uh we're not mentioning you like, know that way when you tell your dad on christmas day let's go watch a movie it's about football you have two movies to pick from <laughs> I mean, he'll definitely want to see the Zach Levi one yeah. over the J.K. Simmons one. That's a dad okay, I feel movie like for either sure. One, this J.K. Simmons one totally seems like a dad movie too, though. Doesn't but it's not? more
0: about like writing the wrongs of college athletes, and this other one's like I'm a like all-star football, and this is my biopic.
1: Yeah, right. That's true. I,
0: it's for different types of dads. It's true. This this holiday season, take your dad
1: to any football movie. Depending on what kind of dad <laughs> you have, there are multiple <laughs> options available. Yes, please uh, refer to the flowchart if you need help uh, discerning which type of which type of football movie to go take your dad to. Yes,
0: and you also have to know which type of dad you have to take
1: to the type of football movie. Oh, yes, please uh, see the 20-question personality inventory on, uh, on, in what the, in on what type of dad you are. What type of dad you have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, with that being said, here is the rundown of December movies. I also, really quick, one more aside. Oh, my. I think we need to cover this segment importantly on this episode just because i know for a fact this is the one true purpose that our podcast serves i don't know if people really truly listen to this to hear our thoughts on upcoming movie trailers i have no clue but where I you're i know for a fact that people look for this podcast to know when movies are coming out because i will real? make mention to other people in my life that may or may not listen to this podcast when they actually are published But they'll be like, oh, what movies did you talk about on this last episode? And I said, oh, we did this, this, and this. And they're like, oh, is that coming out? And I say, yes, it is. It's coming out on this date or in this month. And so, you know, I think people that aren't as in tune with the film release schedules that... As we are because we have to do intense research for this podcast. I mean, it's also know. something like, we like to do. You see a flashy Instagram ad and it's like, okay, whatever. Like, I, that's coming out at some point in time. But if well, you then I tell the them, preview reading it's coming out December post. 17th. They're like, oh, shoot, I gotta get my tickets or whatever. So I just feel a commitment to, like, upholding that as, like, a purpose and a mission for this podcast.
0: That's all. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, and honestly, on that note, I do have a group chat with some friends from college. And one of them told me... Well, that, and I'm not on it rough. I mean, we have our own private chat. I mean, we're in group chats together. I don't know. Do you want to be in this other group chat? Not really. Good. Okay. Because I, I don't know. I'd have to run it past the other guys. But anyway. Well, that's fucked
1: up. Now I want to be on it. <laughs> this seems shady. You don't want to be on I'm it. Trust me.
0: I mean, you kind of want to be on it, but it's too late. I can't. I can't. I've said too much already.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I tell you anymore, I may have to kill you. <laughs>
0: Okay. Anyway, what I was trying to say was, one of those boys told me that he didn't even know that the last duel like was a movie until like we previewed it. What did he it. think it was? Like he didn't even know it existed. Oh, oh, oh. Like he
1: didn't think like, oh, the last duel. That's like a new no, restaurant. I, I got, that's also that is somewhat common as well. I'll mention like, oh, we're doing this other like whatever movie. And they're like, oh, that's a thing. Yeah, sure. But just so you know, listeners and non-listeners. I don't know we how can't, can't address that. the non-listeners; they're not listening. <laughs> to the listeners, exactly. this is for your sake and the sake of the non-listeners, even though they're not listening right oh, now. Like we're just know that this benefits li- them.
0: We're deputizing our listeners.
1: Yes, to spread the gospel of <laughs> preview review. i that this podcast serves a purpose <laughs> for listeners and non-listeners. Like it just, we do not, <laughs> we do not judge. Oh my god, we do not. Okay, this, is, this been has got too, too long. long. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. well, let's get into it. December movies. First up, and these are in no particular order, by the way. First up, a Netflix release uh, directed by Adam McKay. It's Don't Look Up. This I don't is, know anything this about this. This movie has an insane cast. That's the first thing it's that got, we like, found out Leo. about this. Leo DiCaprio and Jenna Lawrence are starring. Meryl Streep is in it as the President of the United States. Ariana Grande is in it to some extent as herself. Um, there's just a lot of different random and wild people in this movie, uh, actors and non-actors alike. Um, why can't they look up? They can't look up. Well, they're being told not to look up. Well, I don't even know. I think they're being told to look up, but they're refusing that, but they're refusing to, I don't know. So the general premise of this movie is that Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence are like astronomers or, like, some sort of space scientist people. And they find out that there's, like, a comet on a collision course for Earth. That's the looking up, right? Okay, if you look okay, up, okay. you see the asteroid or whatever. Uh, and they're like, um, this is gonna end the Earth and all of humanity. Um, excuse me. And then they go there's to the There's an president, asteroid. And the president, Meryl Streep, is, like, a pastiche of, like, whatever president person. And is Joe like, Byron? <laughs> I don't think it's Joe Byron. Um... But it's like, let's just, like, not acknowledge it. Like, I don't want to, like, hear about it. It's like, let's pretend it doesn't exist. And they're like, we can't really do that because this seems like a problem. So they have to go on, like, a national media press tour to, like, inform everybody that, like, Mm -hmm. humanity's about to die. So it's like a political satire comedy film. Yeah, political satire disaster Armageddon film. Okay, seems fun. Like, if the movie Armageddon was, like, played for laughs and instead of, like... How will these daring and true brave American heroes rescue the future of humanity? It's like, look at how freaking crazy Americans and humanity in the world would become mm. if we were like all of a sudden on a ticking like, time clock towards death. Interesting. Will this movie feature an original song from Aerosmith just like Armageddon did? <laughs> did I have no idea. I've never actually seen Armageddon. That was a terrible comparison for me to make. It's a which disaster arm- movie. Which Aerosmith song is in Armageddon? Um... I know it,
0: but I don't. It is... I don't want to miss a thing. That's from Armageddon? Yes. That's a great song. It's because they don't want to miss the end of the world with their loved ones. Wow. They don't want to miss I a I would thing. have had no idea. Anyways,
1: and, so that's Hidden Netflix in December. Alright, let's keep it rolling. Next, Hidden Amazon in December. Be in the Ricardos. Yes, uh, with Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem. They're portray, the Ricardos. Yeah, Lucille Ball and... and the guy's name, the husband of Lucille,
0: but not her real life husband. De- the husband in yeah, Desi Arnaz. Desi Arnaz. Um, like it's about the show I, like, I Dev Love Lucille. No, no, no. That's the Green Knight, not the mm. Ricardo. So, He's um, nice. they are basically... It's just like <laughs> <Excuse me? laughs> he have is. You- have you seen Dev Patel in the Green Knight? He's pretty hunky. <laughs> um. So, this movie is about Lucille Ball and her husband in the show. Ricky, uh, in the show I Love Lucy, the taping of this show, and some kind of, like, behind the scenes turmoil that's happening yeah. with their relationship and with the producers. It's like a
1: biopic of these two actors, but only as it relates to, like, their relationship and on the, the set show. of the show. And,
0: yeah. like, I think it's only supposed to be, like, taking place with, like, in one or two weeks. It's, like, a really short snippet oh, of their life. It's not, like, a whole over thing. Yeah. That's it's cool. Uh-huh.
1: I actually really like the idea of, like, biopics or things like that, true story dramas, mm-hmm that take place with, like, a very narrow focus. Because it's, like... I feel like it's hard to do a very sweeping, broad, like... biography of a whole human's life. Like, that's hard to capture efficiently. But it's really cool to get, like, a snapshot Mm -hmm. of, like... a short period of time that this person went through. Yeah.
0: And uh, this movie is being uh, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Who... Uh, didn't he was just nominated last year for the Trial of oh, Chicago, Chicago Seven? 7 yeah. so he's hoping for another Oscar nom with and another And that was another movie. like kind
1: of true story with like a very narrow focus, like this mm-hmm. is on this one trial, and like did flashbacks to like the incident, um, and also in the courtroom. But like, yeah. it did well just narrowing the focus and focusing on the characters going through this one specific uh, event, mm-hmm. which is cool. All right, next up is Nightmare Alley, the new film from. Uh, Academy Award-winning director Guillermo del Toro. Ah, uh, good old GDT. Yep, he, he's on stuff like *Pan's Labyrinth* and uh, *The Shape, Shape of Water*, Water. and *Hellboy*. Uh, *Hellboy*, and Hellboy 2. two, *The Golden
0: Army*. Yes, absolutely. no *Hellboy* three though. Even though there was that stinger, she's pregnant. What's gonna happen? We'll never find out. <laughs> Obviously,
1: is disappointed in the lack of the Hellboy trilogy. I really
0: like Hellboy 2, and I wanted to see what was going to happen next. How was the
1: Hellboy when they got like David Harwood to come and do it? That movie's of, bad. Uh, what's his name? I do not like that I movie. I like the guy that plays Hellboy. Ron in Perlman. Yeah, he's great.
0: Those movies are good. Don't watch
1: the new one. It's bad. <laughs> Anyways, Guillermo the Tour, Nightmare Alley. I have no idea what this movie's about. I think it's based on... Yeah, it is based on a book. It takes place at like a... Car- carnival Carnival? no not, that's not right like a circus or like a freak show it's type kind of, of a, thing well that's kind of a carnival too, it's like it? american horror story freak show but like make it less ryan murphy and make it more Guillermo del toro and it's obviously. got like uh
0: bradley cooper and willem
1: defoe great cast rooney mara Kate
0: Blanchett. um what's her name francis no uh tony collette tony collette
1: yeah yeah uh, really All great Star. cast but also, I don't know in the trailer and stuff for this, we don't really see a lot of like monsters and things that like del it's Toro's more like known thinking for. like so I'm curious to see if it goes in that direction or if del Toro is just doing like a different type of like more like character driven drama the way the voiceover
0: in the trailer makes me think is like the monster is man all along kind of yeah. thing yeah and I don't know it's got that creepy era that like del Toro can bring in uh Bradley cooper is like on a top a bunch of top list for like nominated
1: for best actor for yeah. this movie and it's wild to me because nightmare alley sounds like the thing that's like a b-level horror movie that you like, like a pulp rent novel at right? a blockbuster or whatever and watch and it has like bad reviews but it's like a cult film or whatever mm-hmm. but now like looking at end of the year list it's like this could be another director nom from del toro and maybe even a best picture nom and or a screenplay acting noms. and so i'm curious to see like what exactly this movie is about because just based on the title i don't get a whole lot but from, and from the trailer, I don't get a whole lot, um, but I know that Del Toro is a great director and this has a cool cast. So I'll definitely want to watch it. it. Right? Yeah.
0: And next, we're going back. Back to The Matrix. Matrix Resurrections comes out. It's only directed by one of the Wachowski siblings this time, um, but it's still starring Ni- Neo Keanu Reeves uh, and Carrie Ann Moss. But no... Lawrence Fishburne, at John, least, not in the trailer. They've
1: recast Yahya Abdul-Mateen II as, uh, as Morpheus. Morpheus. But it's not the same Morpheus. Like No, he's like a new incarnation mm-hmm. of Morpheus. And it's got... Um... They're adding Neil Patrick Harris. They're adding... Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff. and Jonathan Groff's like the new Agent Smith instead of Hugo Weaving. Oh, that's correct. And then, um, what's her name? From Priyanka Chopra's in this one now. Oh,
0: and there, there's also that girl who was in Game of Thrones. She was one of the Snake Sisters... I don't know. And her then name. she was in Iron Fist. I don't know her name. Um, she's like British, but she's Asian. I don't know her name. In Iron Fist, her name is Calling Wing. If that <laughs> helps anyone. Name. Um, sorry, I don't know your name off the top of my head, and we don't have our usual notes because this is a speed round. But anyway, it looks like Neo is back, and he's like just going through day to day life in normal, like, you know, in twenty twenty one. But then like something's like, oh, he's going to therapy. Oh, like he meets. Trinity again but like they don't recognize each other something's a little off like is he back in the matrix like how is yeah. he back in the matrix isn't the matrix supposed to be gone isn't Trinity supposed yeah. to be dead it feels kind of like
1: he's like been brainwashed or like like he doesn't fully remember what he went through as like Neo mm-hmm. like he's like i don't know you or do i like he's like not really yeah. sure And so it's, like, sort of, again, this, like, unlocking this realization. Mm -hmm. Kind of very similar to the story of the first Matrix, it seems. but like, you have to open your mind and see that you, like, are Neo and that this is your place to be. But it's, like, like, interesting, too, because,
0: like, there are, like, parts of this movie where, like, you can see that, like, the first Matrix is, like, playing on TVs in the background. Like, so in this reality, like, maybe Neo is, like, an actor that played like Neo in the first matrix movie, but like he's actually in the matrix again. So like, apparently there's like this huge internet theory that like came out, like when the matrix movies were originally coming out, it was like, Oh, if we're actually part of a simulation, how would they get us to like, not like be reliable sources? Oh, they make a movie about someone who believes they're in a simulation and has to break free. So when you tell someone we're in a simulation, this is all fake. They go, Oh, like the movie, the matrix. And you go, Yes, but really and they're like, "Okay, sure. It's just the movie The Matrix." But now yeah, I think they're taking that twist and like trying to put it into this movie. It's
1: in the movie. So, like Neo's been made to believe that he's just an actor that was in these movies mm-hmm. and is that wasn't actually like yeah. the true thing that he lived. And what would our over
0: like what would our evil alien overlords do to us if it had been a while since the Matrix movies came out? Make another one about a guy who thought the movie The Matrix was like re Yeah and they'd
1: also make a bunch of money doing that so I totally see why Mm-mm. why they're doing that. They have
0: to re every like couple years we're gonna get a new Matrix movies just so just like to keep, to keep, up keep up. the conspiracy theorists that are actually right wow. underground. It's all a big conspiracy theory led by Warner Brothers. Dang.
1: Bugs Bunny really doing it to us.
0: And don't forget about uh Gore
1: Rhythm. Alg rhythm yes <laughs> Alright, well, enough conspiracy talk. Next up is a movie with no conspiracies. It's Sing 2. Ooh. I don't know who asked for this, but low-key, actually, the first Wait. one was pretty good. I think people like the first one. So, I'm kind of excited, but also this next one seems wild, because guess what? Bono's they in it! They cast Bono. And he's a lion! But they're singing the... U2 song. U2 songs. And I think, like, the way the trailer makes me think about it is, like, this is a song that the Bono character in the movie, like... Made famous because he's like a famous musician in the movie. Yeah. So, like, is Bono Lion just actually Bono? Is there also like a Bono or Lion Lion Edge edge? and like the other members of U2? There's more members than just those two? Yeah, they're like a four person band.
0: Oh my gosh, Tyler, I just realized I can almost relate all of these movies to Spider Man because we're not there yet. Bono wrote the music for the Spider Man musical. Oh. Turn off the dark, unfortunately. I really want to see it. If I could go back in time and see any, like, foregone Broadway
1: performance, I'd go watch the Spider-Man musical. <laughs> I know you would. Um. Anyway, Sing to... Oh, I don't we're know what is happening this with this movie, but it's weird they that it. go to Bono's Vegas. In it, and I... You know, some of the music in the first one was pretty good. So I don't know. It like, it's
0: the animals, and they sing songs, and this time they're in Vegas, and they gotta get Bono to, like, come out of retirement or something. Yeah, exactly. Right? Next, we got The King's Man. Uh, it's the Kingsman prequel that like has been delayed like nineteen times. You it know, was supposed this movie to come out. From
1: every single trailer that we've seen, like I genuinely think, probably of all the movies I've seen since you know twenty twenty or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. Like this trailer's played in front of like ninety percent of them. Yeah. Like, it's everywhere. So it's like the prequel. It's like about
0: the founding or like early days of the Kingsman organization. Like there are a bunch of gentlemen spies. Mm-hmm. It's World War One. It's got the kid from 1917 yeah, in it. Ray Fiends is starring. Uh, Ray Fiennes. Um, what's his name? The guy who plays the lizard in the Amazing Spider-Man is Rasputin in this movie. Yep. Rhys Eves.
1: Yeah, he also plays um, Luna Lovegood's dad in Harry Potter.
0: Yeah, but I'm trying to relate everything to Spider-Man. Oh, that's right right. Now. Okay. But yeah, it looks like a World War Two adventure where the British have to fight the Russians. And um, mm,
1: I think it's World War One.
0: That's what I've. I said that the last time, but this time I said two. Maybe next time I'll say three.
1: Who knows? It's a World War three adventure.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my mistake. Um, And it also has... What's his name in it? Um, He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Jimon
1: Honsu. Yeah,
0: him. Um, And I think he's a Kingsman, too. I think it's
1: Simon. Sure. We looked this up on another episode of this We just learned podcast. that it wasn't Digimon. <laughs> Sorry. I know it's your real name. Anyways, <laughs> I'm kind of interested in seeing this movie, but I'm not as excited to see the movie as i am about just never having to see the trailer for it again yeah and because i've seen this trailer so many times i've kind
0: of been oversaturated with it and like i used to be hyped for it and then like my hype waned but then they came out with a it's a kind red of been band like trailer. doing a little roller coaster like once, once the red band trailer came out i was like oh yeah these movies like are able to say the f word are able to show blood like it's kind of more exciting now but now, like, it's been a while since I've seen the Red Band trailer, and I go, there's a lot of movies coming out in December. Exactly. Is this one going to make the cut?
1: Exactly. And I think, like, if you just see the trailer and that's the taste of it, and then you go see the movie, it would be, like, more exciting. But because we just keep seeing the trailer over and over, it feels very, like, I'm numb to it now. And mm-hmm. so maybe, I don't know if the movie itself will be as exciting because I've seen the trailer so much. Exactly. All right. And rounding out our uh, quick rundown of December movies, it's The Tragedy of Macbeth. This is the Joel cohen directed adaptation of Willie Shakes' uh, classic play Mm -hmm. Macbeth, um, starring Denzel Washington and Frances McDormand as Lord and Lady Macbeth. And Macbeth is one of my favorite Shakespeare plays, and I'm so excited for this. I just love how Shakespeare in our culture is basically they're kind of like fairy tales to us now, where it's like very classic characters and story and plot lines. So many like like just you turns a phrase and pieces of our language are inspired and come directly from allusions to Shakespeare plays or Mm -hmm. lines in those plays. And so it's just so cool that we have like now a, a very intense looking adaptation of that coming to our screens. It seems like, you know, because the characters and the plot structure are so essential, like they're literally the building blocks of modern storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, It leaves a lot of room for like, Okay, then the visual st- storytelling and the uh, actors doing a lot of heavy lifting in like their performances. Yeah. Um and so I'm really really excited to see and how this one plays out. It, is it in black and white or the just the poster is black and white? I think well, I
0: think it's in black and white. Interesting yeah. choice. And um is it like a straight adaptation
1: of Macbeth or is it, are they like trying to do any twist on it, do you know? I think it's a direct adaptation. I think it's like taking place in the time period that Shakespeare wrote it. Um with okay. the language that Shakespeare used interesting I'm, I think uh, I don't think they're trying to do any sort of like modernization to it or anything yeah. other than like you know making sure that it looks visually appealing mm-hmm. for a, a film audience you know yeah. it's a little bit different to do to direct a scene for a film as it would be to direct it for a play so they have to mm-hmm. make some you know, adjustments there. Yeah, and this one's also
0: coming to, like, streaming as well pretty fast. Like, it's going to Apple in January, right?
1: Yeah, it's getting a limited theatrical release in December, obviously, so it can qualify for the Academy Awards. And then in January, it'll be on Apple TV+. Plus. But I think it's, like, limited release is more than just, like, oh, the the few theaters of, like, LA and New York. Mm -hmm. I think they're doing, like, a pretty... Extensive. A wider limited-, limited release, you know, so people can go see it on the big screen in cities that like I know we're gonna get here in San Diego. Oh yeah. Um and then you know yeah, so we can like see the- it before the end of the year and then Yeah. it'll go onto the streaming. San signs. Diego's
0: like a bigger market, but we're not
1: like the bigger markets. Yeah, it's like, like we don't get like two. the LA New York, yeah, but we get the like other stuff that they get in like, like we got like San French Francisco dispatch whatever. and yeah, like exactly.
0: So Tyler, is it time? Can we finally talk about Spider Man? I think it's time, Ryan. Let's talk about Woo-hoo! Spider-Man. That's a quote from when Spider-Man jumps off the roof and he's excited.
1: Oh. He goes, whoo! I, too, would also say that if I jumped off the roof when I was excited. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Spider-Man, that's kind of the whole point of Into Spider-Man. the Spider-Verse, right? He's just Anyone like can us. be Spider-Man. Well, I mean, not literally anybody. Have
0: you seen that Stan Lee quote where he's like, the great thing, like, I'll, I'll do my Stan Lee impression, the great thing about Spider-Man is his whole suit covers his whole entire body so he could be anybody underneath he doesn't have to be a white man he could be a black kid or something like that so like and he's like but that's not why that was just a coincidence we didn't mean that that to happen but i love that it did and i love my fans excelsior whatever stanley says (laughs) but i think that's a really sweet quote um anyway moving on before we jump into the actual like meat and potatoes of this trailer, I think we need to get more well versed in like spider lore and previous cinematic Spider Men. So Tyler, would you go on a journey through spider history with me?
1: Well, and this is gonna be important too, because as we'll talk about, No Way Home maybe bringing in elements from other installments. Well, it definitely in is. Spider-Man. They're in the trailer. Well, not just May. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. Sorry. I am trying to beat around the bush because we haven't started like officially talking about the trailer yet, but that's what this movie is about. They're on the poster, too. So anyways, we're going to revisit some classic moments. Exactly. So the point of this
0: segment is I will uh bring out 10 or so classic Spider-Man movie moments. And then we will rank them on a spectrum, on a continuum, of genuinely good or, like, ironically, like, good. Because, honestly, if you're asking me... Every Spider-Man movie's at least ironically good. Like, you put on a Spider-Man movie, you're gonna have a good time no matter what. If you're loving it and going with it, or if you're laughing with it, or laughing at it, right? Some
1: of it's kind of hammy and campy, and that's fine, all well and good. Mm -hmm. But some of it is also, like, some very well-done, like scenes of cinema exactly and like well-executed superhero uh movie making exactly and some of those movie scenes are like intentionally campy and some of them are
0: unintentionally campy and that's the point of our continuum is to rank them from genuinely good to ironically good so without further ado here is the first scene that we will be ranking on this continuum it is the train sequence from Spider-Man Two, where Toby's holding the webs trying to stop the train. It's gonna crash into the sea, but he's going to save all the people, and he's using all his strength to save these people. What this side do you think it lands on? Without a
1: doubt, genuinely good. How far is it? Like almost all the way to the end. Like I think it's like one of the most like iconic and also well done like superhero. Saves the people mm-hmm. scenes in like all of movie history, and everything else is just trying to live up to it. I mean, they tried to up the scale a little bit with you know Tom Holland and Spider-Man pulling the two sides of the boat together. Well, that's but, like an know. obvious callback to it. Like, yeah, this but, scene like, has been referenced so much just an homage to the original. So yeah. like this is like a genuinely good Spider-Man scene.
0: Yeah. So all the way far over to the I uh, genuinely good side for this scene. Our next scene is Spider-Man Three Peter's bad boy dance. Where he's gotten the symbiote suit, he's feeling good, he's in all black, like, uh, suit, but not a Spider Man suit. He's going down the hall, sh-
1: throwing finger guns at people, pelvic thrusting. Yeah, this one gets meme on the internet all the time, and that's because it is 100% ironically good. Yes. It's not good in any traditional sense of the word, but it is funny to watch and memeable, and so it's, it's ironically good.
0: I agree with you, but. Being a huge Spider-Man fan, I can do mental gymnastics to make it go closer to the middle. But I can see that that is me trying to stretch it. So yes, sorry Spider-Man 3, you're going over to the ironically good no, side. Well, it's not
1: sorry, that's not a bad side to be on. It's just they're accomplishing two different things. Okay, okay. And next,
0: going from super fun happy dance time to the amazing Spider-Man 2 with Gwen Stacy's death. He's trying to save her, he throws out the web... It grabs onto her, but too late. Her neck snaps, her head hits the floor. She's dead. Tragic scene.
1: This one's a little harder to rank, I think. No, I think this one's pretty far genuinely good. It's I would not say maybe it's... all the way to the end, but it's like very close. Yes, yeah, but I would say it's definitely not on the ironic side. No, no, it's like... You know, if we're looking at this on a scale, it's, like, 90%, like, genuinely good. Mm -hmm. Um, The tough thing is, like, this is probably one of the worst
0: Spider-Man movies, but it's also, like, one of the most genuinely, like, heart-wrenching scenes in a Spider-Man film.
1: It definitely is. It was a brave move for them to make to do this. Like, they're taking... I think this is adapted from a Spider-Man comic. Um, But it was brave of them to do this in the sequel uh, to The Amazing Spider-Man, and it's very well acted by Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. Um... I, the only thing is, like, the Green Goblin version in this movie is not he's good. Horrible. So every, every time that he's on screen, it's, he's like, like yeah. not as good. But the actual scene that it ha- plays out between uh, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone is very, very good. Um, another thing I love about this is when you're watching it for that first time, you're looking at it and you're, like, your heart's, like, swelling up with anticipation. Like, yes, like, he's going to save the girl and that's the day. And then, it like, and it plays out very, they don't overextend the actual, like, death scene. It, like, plays out in real time of, like, boom, snap, her, he- like, her head hits the floor, she's dead, like, real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not- that anticipation builds, like,
0: when it's not real time. Like, time is slowed down. Yeah. And, like, time is honestly, like, a really big theme in this movie, and the fact that it takes place in a clock tower is, like, reaching more on those themes. I could talk more about, like, why I love the themes in each Spider-Man movie, but that we'd be here all night. um Anyway, like, he reaches out for her, you're right. You hear the neck, and you hear the head hit. the Like pavement. all of a
1: sudden, when it when he, you know, when the the web hits her, it speeds up to real time. She dies in real time, and then there's a scene afterwards where he's like realizing, and that kind of plays out a little bit slower. But I like that it's not like this long drawn out like extended death mm-hmm. sequence. Like it plays out very real time. The other thing that I love about it is, like I said, when you're watching it for the first time, you think it's gonna be like the classic saves the girl and saves the day. And then you realize very quickly, oh, it's not that. Mm-hmm. But then when you watch this scene back, knowing what's gonna happen, the scene like it's takes dreadful, on a different right? tone. Like it has this different, like sort of like ominous tone to it that I don't think you pick up on the first time you watch Interesting. it. Interesting. But plays out when you rewatch it. And so I just think it's like it's done so well. Like it's the Amazing Spider Man Two is not, I would say, a good movie, but this scene plays out so well that but- if you watch it just on its own, it's like very well executed.
0: That's interesting to hear your, like, uh, take on this, because as a huge Spider-Man fan, like, I knew Gwen Stacy was dying in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like, going into it, like, she's in the same outfit that she dies in in the comics. And, like, it it was, like, kind of spelled out if you knew what to look for. So, like, when that was happening, I was like, here it is. Like, this is her death. Oh,
1: interesting. Or, like, I don't I think I was in touch with Spider-Man, the comics at all, or, like, even enough of like internet culture to like ever mm-hmm. see or hear those theories or yeah. like the evidence for it or not. Like yeah. I was not look I was not going to the movie expecting or like looking for evidence that like she would die.
0: No, I definitely remember like leaked set photos on Reddit in like twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen of Emma Stone in that outfit and we all knew at the time like, oh, she's gonna die in this movie or they just like made some really weird costuming choices.
1: Oh weird. Yeah, wow.
0: But it's cool that you're able to like, have a different experience with that. Because like when I saw her falling, I'm like, this is tragic. Well, and I would and,
1: guess that to a lot of audiences, it's a surprise. Like yeah. I don't think that you make this movie if you think that like 90% of people are going into it knowing... No, that definitely. Right? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, On to our next scene, staying in the Amazing Spider-Man universe. We're going back to the first Amazing Spider-Man. It's Peter Parker versus Flash Thompson, the basketball scene. I'm putting this on the ironically good side.
1: It's ironically good. It's ironically good. I mean Andrew Garfield is like a pretty solid actor in this movie. He's scene. a great he actor. Down. Flash in is this movie, bad actor terrible actor. But like, I why do, do they like, even cast this guy? I
0: do like some scenes with Flash in that movie, like when Uncle Ben dies, like he's like trying to comfort Peter. And that's like a sweet scene. But that's not the scene we're talking about. Well but we're talking it's also
1: about... I'm just saying like the guy as an actor, I don't know why he's in this role. It's it's not good. <laughs> but we're gonna it, it plays off more like a Disney Channel series scene than it does like anything actually right? in a Spider Man movie.
0: And like He's, like, messing around with the basketball. Honestly, if you watch a superhero movie and there's a basketball scene, it's going to be comedy gold. Yeah. No but matter it what.
1: is still funny. Like, I will say the smash cut of him, like, breaking the backboard, like, to shattering in the backboard in, in the principal's office uh-huh. is still really good. It's good.
0: Okay. Uh, our next scene is we're staying in the same movie, The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, this is his subway metamorphosis scene. He first got his powers, and now he's, like, accidentally hurting people on the subway, ripping people's shirts off,
1: like, hitting him with the poles, mm-hmm. things like that. This one kind of lands in the middle for me. I get it. I think it makes sense narratively, and it's, to a certain extent, well done as, like, a discovery of powers scene, like, that mm-hmm. tends to be a common thing in superhero yeah. origin movies. Um, but some of the stuff is, like, a weird choice. Like, he's, like, his hand sticks in a woman's shirt and, like, pulling off mm-hmm. her shirt and stuff. And, like, his reaction to stuff is just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, well, he just woke up weird. in the scene, too. So he's kind of out of it. But yeah, I understand what you're saying.
0: I think this scene has the potential to be great. Like, it's a funny premise. It's a good idea. But I think what kills it for me is the editing. There's like mm. so many quick cuts
1: and choppy editing in this scene that it kind of feels like gross. The editing is weird. Also, it narratively relies on like a high school kid feeling comfortable enough to fall asleep on a New York City subway. Which I just, I don't think anybody at that age would be he's a, comfortable doing that. He's a that. New Yorker. Like, it, I don't know. I don't know. If, if I was a parent in New York, I'd be like, when you're on that subway, keep those eyes fucking peeled, my guy. Do not do not fall asleep. The guy's trying to balance a beer bottle on his head. Yeah, that's kind like, of Like, that was right? like a funny prank. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He yeah. could have gotten mugged. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, okay.
0: Uh, so our next scene, we're going to jump to our next scene. This is from the animated movie Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's when uh, Miles and Peter B. Parker first come into contact with... With the other Spider people. You got Penny Parker. You got Peter Porker. And you got Spider-Man Noir. You get to see them all. You get their little quick intros. Like Peter Porker is like Spider-Ham. Penny Parker is like the Spider-Man from like Anime World or something. And then Spider-Man Noir is Nick Cage. And he's like I'm a detective from Noir Comics. So where do we think we rank this one?
1: This one is again all the way towards the genuinely good side. I agree. I mean it has elements of camp but like. That's why it's the animated it works movie. It, and right? it works well, and this movie won the Oscar for a reason. It's just so brilliantly it's well true. done, and it hits all the fun moments of camp, and also all the like really great character development moments that we need throughout the whole movie. But this scene in particular is just so good in pulling in like this weird stuff that exists in Spider-Man like lore and canon across decades of comic installations, um, and making it like relatable and fun and enticing and like. Awesome on screen. It's so it's so good.
0: Yeah, I think I could have honestly chosen any scene from this movie, and it would have gone to the like genuine good side, no matter what. Yeah, that's pretty so, fair. I just had you know, I felt like this one was iconic enough to be on yeah, our game. Shout out. All right, um, we're gonna go back a little bit. We're going back to the Amazing Spider-Man two, um, and this is the Electro transformation. Jamie Fox in a vat of electric eels, turning into Electro. Max Dillon now is Electro. He gets bit by electric eels. He drops some electric thing into the vat. Uh, they bite him, and he gets electric powers. And his uh, tooth gap gets fixed.
1: Yeah, this one. And he turns blue. Is definitely on the ironically good side. Uh, it's weird that like the whole premise of like or of the scene is that he's like upset that no one's sung to him on his birthday it's weird that it makes intentional like a shot of him having his teeth like straightened right? and fixed in the vat like but it's kind of funny when you watch that you're like that's so stupid that it's meanable, funny but it's like not good yeah it's ironically and also the good. editing of the scene is really weird too like the fall into the vat is like very quick and like weirdly paced, like a fall, like, right but yeah, like, it's kind of strange but it's supposed to be a serious scene but it's like funny yeah exactly yeah
0: okay and then for our next scene we're going to go over to the Raimi verse, back to Spider Man 2 with the raindrops keep falling on my head montage. Peter Parker has just basically given up his identity as Spider Man, and this is a purely Peter Parker moment. He's like getting his life back together. He's feeling good. He doesn't really care that he's not Spider Man and he's not helping the city. Anymore. Like, he just watches a bank
1: robbery happen and, like. And he's like, I'm okay, I'm going to eat my hot dog. hot dog. Yeah. This one is again kind of in the middle to me, maybe a little bit more towards the ironically good side, because I don't think it's any really doing anything like particularly poignant. But like I see the value in what it's adding to the plot arc of the character, mm-hmm. but it's done in a very like campy and goofy way, like yes. a little like freeze frame. The freeze frame's so good. You know? So But it, like there's it's intentional camp, right? Yes. So So I see the value on both sides. I think it leans a little more ironic, but it's still like, you know. I I agree with you. Uh, the thing is though. If you look at this scene, and then
0: as it parallels with the Spider-Man 3, like, bad Peter dance scene. No, see, he got
1: into it. He said he wasn't even going to get into it. See? Look at that. It's part of the arc. It's part of the journey. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And Raimi had it all laid out in the master plan, I'm sure.
0: Until Avi Arad came over and said, put Venom in the movie. (laughs) That's a different story. Okay. Now we're finally going to get into our most recent iteration of Spider-Man. Tom Holland Spider-Man with spider-man we're
1: still in the game yeah we're still in this game My lord
0: (laughs) there's two left can we talk about the trailer not yet um (laughs) we have to talk about tom holland spider-man it's leading us into the movie all right let's get there spider-man homecoming peter parker is crushed by all the weight of all this stuff he's crying out for help he looks down he sees his mask in the water and half of it's reflected on his face and the other half is the spider mask and he realized no one's going to come help him he has to do it himself he pumps himself up, saying, "Come on, Spider Man!" Literally has to get a building off his back, and he does it. Where are you ranking it's it? It's good. It's honestly one of my favorite Spider Man scenes in good. an enti- in any Spider Man movie. Good.
1: Tom Holland. I mean, I value everyone's performances as Spider Man. I'm not gonna take a sense of who's the best, but in this scene, Tom Holland does such a good job of like that, like communicating and performing that like internal dialogue of like Peter Parker realizing that he needs to be. You're from the neighborhood, Spider Man. He needs to be the hero. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so well done.
0: This scene's also like pretty heartbreaking for me because you realize like he is just a kid, like he's crying out for help, like and it's like, oh, I want to help you, Spider Man, but he can do it on his own and he needs to learn that, yeah. and that's what he does in this scene. All right, and then our last scene that we're talking about is the Mysterio sequence from Spider Man: Far From Home, where he's like trapped in the weird virtual effects world of like. The snow globe and the zombie Iron Man, all that thing going on. What do you think about this one, Tyler?
1: This one is 100% genuinely good as well. Um, one of the coolest things about this is just that they like went for it and put Mysterio in a movie knowing that they would need to pull off shit like this. And he, to asked, make, he still has the fishbowl to head. To make his uh, like villain like powers make sense. Um, and they did it and they freaking did it so well. Um, And made us see what Peter Parker is seeing. um, And putting us in his sort of like shared hallucination or like whatever. Yeah. And Uh, the cool thing is... It's so good. Yeah. Like the cool thing is like you were saying like
0: they're bringing his villain powers to screen. But like in the comics Mysterio was always like a virtual effects guy. He wasn't like ever a mystical powerful person. So like it makes more sense to have Mysterio in this world of like the modern era with actually like convincing visual effects. Like, and I think it works better than, like, some of the older Spider-Man stories, honestly. Yeah. And this scene is just, like, ripped straight from a comic book. Like, it feels like, I don't know, just serotonin rushing through my body.
1: <laughs> Ryan loves Spider-Man. <laughs> I do. Well, that brings us to the end of the game, Ryan, correct? Yes, there's I no more. I love that we could play this. Um, and I love that when we think about, like, just another, like... Accolade to how deep of a Spider-Man fan you are. Like when we talked about picking out iconic moments in Spider-Man movies, you chose stuff that like only a real true fan <laughs> would look at and be like, "That's iconic." Basketball scene, iconic, it's so good. Over like you know the introduction of like Doc Ock or like the upside down Spider-Man kiss in the first like Raimi movie. Like I thought about showing that Doc like scene meaningful and and. Uh, Impressive to you as, like, a deep Spider-Man appreciator, which <laughs> I love. So, Dude, that I can only hope that so some good, of though? that enthusiasm is communicated to our listeners. Um, and I bet they're all looking forward to No Way Home. So, Ryan, tell us about the upcoming installation in a Spider-Man series, Spider-Man No Way Home.
0: Oh my gosh. This movie has been touted as Spider-Man in Game by the director and Tom Holland. This movie stars Tom Holland, Zendaya... Jacob Batalion, Benedict Cumberbatch, Don Favreau, Jamie Foxx, Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe, and it's it's being directed by John Watts, who did the last two Spider-Man movies. It's the latest installment in the Spider-Man series in the MCU. Um, It's picking up pretty close to where Spider-Man Far From Home left off. Spider-Man's identity has been revealed to the world. He goes to Doctor Strange for help. Doctor Strange says, okay, I can do it, but everyone's going to forget you're Spider-Man. He goes, even my friends? He goes, yes, even your friends. And he goes, no, and he messes up the spell. And by messing up the spell, he has brought the multiverse to the MCU. Uh, villains from other Spider-Man movies are showing up. Spider-Man movies that aren't canon to the MCU, but kind of are now. Alfred Molina's showing up. Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin's showing up. Jamie Foxx is back, but he's not blue this time. But that's Okay. Other Spider-Man villains are showing up, like uh, the Lizard and Sandman, but we don't know if the actors that portray them are coming back because we only ever see them in, like, monster form. Um, But anyway, Spider-Man has to now figure out how he's going to, like, deal with all these villains. And Doctor Strange says, no, we can't, like, save them. In their universes, they all die fighting Spider-Man, so it is their fate to die. So the twist on this movie is Spider-Man is trying to save the villains, which is like something we, like, he's always kind of done, like, he, in Spider-Man 2, he's like reaching out to Alfred Molina, to Doc Ock, like, trying to connect to his humanity in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. He doesn't want to kill Vulture because that's his, like, love interest, interest's dad. And, like, it's just quintessential who Peter Parker is. He wants to save the person rather than beat the person.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And that's what we get from the trailers. But there's so much going on behind the scenes in this movie. Yeah.
1: And I like that, like, just even the inciting incident of this movie, like, is illustrating, like, Peter Parker is still just a kid that makes dumb decisions. Like, he could have just let Strange cast a spell, make everybody forget, make his problem go away, and then just, like, tell his friends again that he's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like, easy. Problem solved. But no, he's like, let me fuck with the, like, mystical spell and try and get things my way the first time around. Um... Well, it's like. And it's like, then that all this shit happens, and you're like, God damn it, Peter. <laughs> it's a classic
0: Spider Man story because what it is, it's about responsibility, right? It Peter needs to be responsible for his actions, and he can't have it all. Like, one of the most poignant lines in Spider Man 2 is, like, Peter says, Am I not supposed to have what I want? And, like, that gets straight to the heart of who Peter Parker is as a character. Like, he, ch- he has to choose responsibility over, like, his own personal like desires and
1: selfishness right because he's sort of like he has the powers of spider-man against his will and so it's a matter of owning the responsibility of what he's been given even though it was against his will as spider-man versus what he wants just like as a normal kid as a normal person as a normal human being Mm -hmm. and um even in this trailer like
0: uh like there you can see why he wants to keep his life the way it kind of is with MJ as his girlfriend like he says like the only couple weeks that have been normal these last like two years since I've been Spider-Man are with you when I've been able to be my whole self with you so you can understand where he's coming from like I don't want to lose that but he can't have it all and that's like another thing that even Willem Dafoe is like saying in this movie like you want it to have it all and now this is what's happening like and that's part of who the Green Goblin is mm-hmm. in the original Spider-Man movie is saying like Come join me, be on my side. Everyone's gonna turn against you, and that happens to Tom Holland Spider-Man in this movie. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see how this plays out for good old Tom Holland. Um, I love that they're bringing back you know Jamie Fox, after Melina Willem Dafoe. I think it's interesting also that um like they're playing into like the uh, Otto Octavius finds Spider-Man and then sees Tom Holland. He's like, you're not Peter Parker. Mm. It's like, they're aware that the Spider-Man that they're encountering is not the Spider-Man that they think they're encountering. Yeah. And so it's playing all that against each other. And we hope and we pray, and we're pretty sure, but we're not confirmed yet that the other Spider-Men, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, could show up in this movie. It's Um, like, why would would you bring their villains if you're not not bringing them? Yes, 100%. And why would you not, like, how's a natural conclusion not, like, we need to defeat these villains, and I can't do it all by myself as one Spider-Man, so we need if we can bring back the villains that are looking for other Spider-Man, we can bring in the other Spider-Man. Like it just makes sense. Yes. Also, and- there's definitely someone digitally erased from this freaking trailer, you can tell. Okay. Are we talking about the Brazilian
0: cut? <laughs> Here we go. There's a Brazilian version of the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer where Peter Parker Spider-Man, or Tom Holland Spider-Man, is going up and fighting Sandman, Electro, and the Lizard. And he's jumping in. And even in the first trailer, like the American version, you can see that, like, all their eye lines don't mine up. They're not all lunging for the same Spider-Man. But then in the Brazilian version of this, the lizard's head just kind of, like, goes wonky. Like, it just kind of, like, janks over to the right. And you're like, something just hit that guy. So we're pretty sure, but we're not 100% sure, that, like, maybe another Spider-Man was digitally erased from that uh, scene. So, like, it didn't spoil it in the trailer. But, or it could also just be like crazy viral marketing. We released a different version on the Brazilian account and we're getting I mean, you
1: hyped up. I would be shocked if this movie came out and we didn't see a gl- a, even a glimpse of the other spider man But I could be wrong and it could still be a great movie even without them. But it would be even greater if it did have them. Yes. And another thing that's interesting that a lot of people have been talking about online
0: is that we have Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. We have Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. We have Jamie Foxx's... Uh, Electro. We have the lizard. We have the Sandman. That's five villains. But a very iconic and like notable villain team for Spider-Man is the Sinister Six. So, is there a sixth villain that's going to show up, like that's a surprise villain, like to complete the Sinister Six, or are they just going to be like, no, nah, we're only doing five? Like that would feel weird too, right? Yeah. Like who's I'd the surprise villain? I think it's possible
1: for them to do a surprise villain, even if it's not like consistent throughout the movie. Even if it's like a setup towards the end mm-hmm. of like one more villain is revealed to like be alive still and him mm-hmm. Mysterio or like somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like Mysterio's death in uh Spider-Man far from home is not like that definitive. Like you could easily survive a gunshot from a drone. Also,
0: he's like a master of like illusions, right? Yeah.
1: So yeah, definitely.
0: And also there's the other thing of like, is Tom Hardy's venom going to be in this movie? We're doing multiverse movies in the post credit scene of venom Two, let there be carnage spoilers for that. But, He's transported to the MCU. So, like, is he going to show up? Like, I don't know if he's going to show up in this movie or if they're saving him from another movie. But, like, that could complete the Sinister Six as well. There's other theories that, like, Ned Leeds, who's Peter's best friend. In the comics, like, he becomes a villain known as the Hobgoblin. Are they going to set him up in this movie to do that? Are they going to bring a different villain from the other movies forward? Is Michael Keaton going to get out of jail and be the Vulture again? There's so many possibilities, and that's what excites me so much about this movie is that like we know a lot, but there's still so much we don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, my butt will be in that seat December 16th to find out what's going to happen. It's true. I can't wait. The movie comes out on December 17th, but I got
0: tickets for December 16th. Yeah, you did. It was Spider Monday. I was sitting there on my phone with my laptop out. Also, my sister was there. We were trying to get tickets. The site was crashing. It wasn't looking good. I had heard rumors all week that kiosks at AMC were selling the tickets earlier than they were supposed to. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm a good boy. I'm going to get the tickets on the app. But the app kept crashing. I kept getting 404 error pages. There was a stupid AMC thing that popped up and said, oops, this will be in the outtakes. I'm like, shut up. I want my tickets. I go to bed disheartened i look on my phone i go to the amc subreddit i see people are still able to buy tickets in person it's a different server than the app i put my shoes on i hop in my car i drive 15 minutes to the theater at 10 p.m at night and i go five tickets to spider-man please and i got the tickets
1: round of applause thank you please clap <laughs> <laughs> okay jeb jeb um yeah so that's right we got our tickets we hope you've got yours and we hope uh you'll join us in seeing spider-man no way home when it comes out in december well
0: they can't join us because
1: our showing sold out i'm sure yeah well i mean there might be a couple join us in the the general action of like seeing it at some point in time and let us know what you think we're really excited for it um and we hope you might be excited for it as well Mm -hmm. i think it's gonna be cool me too And it's definitely
0: the trailer that we talked about that I'm most excited about and the movie that I'm most excited about. Oh yeah, if we're voting for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm voting for Spider-Man. Sorry, don't look up.
1: Uh, Should we round this out? Uh, Round out this episode with one more game? Ooh, another Spidey game? Uh, Of course.
0: Oh yeah. What else is there? I mean, I've already made one, so might as well, right? (laughs) This is the Spidey quote game. In this game, I will read a quote from one of the theatrical Spider-Man films and I need you, Tyler, to tell me which movie it's from. All right. And go. for a bonus point, if you could tell me which character said Ooh. it.
1: Ooh. Okay, okay, okay. So let's there's go. six
0: quotes, so potentially 12 points. All right, let's do it. All right. First quote. That's a cute outfit. Did your husband get it for you?
1: Oh, this is 100% Tommy McGuire's Peter Parker um, from the, uh, the you know, Spider-Man. Yeah. first yeah. Raimi movie. Spider-Man 1. Exactly. The most homophobic Spider-Man gets... Yeah,
0: it's a project of its time. Exactly. Well, good job. You got two points. Thank you. Next, we're going to. If you want a woman to fall in love with you, you feed her poetry.
1: Not one hundred percent sure. This is giving me James Franco vibes. Mm, what movie are you talking about? Would it be in Spider-Man Two? It is Spider-Man Two, but it's not. But James it is Franco? not
0: Harry Osborne's or James Franco's Harry Osborn. This is. Otto Octavius. Oh. Peter's sitting down with Otto and his wife for dinner, and he's like telling them about his girl problems, and he's like, I got my wife because I told her about poetry. That's right. Well, I got one point there. Yeah, that's one point. All right. Next quote. I'm gonna put
1: some dirt in your eye. This sounds like a bullying quote from Flash, and I bet it's from The Amazing Spider-Man.
0: Sorry, Tyler, you're wrong on both accounts. What? This is peter parker when he's all emo in spider-man 3 oh. and he's upset at eddie brock he goes i'm gonna put some dirt in your eye
1: <laughs> that sounds like that's like that is like Tobey Maguire's like hardest attempt at being mean would right? just be like I'm that's why put he thinks a eye. cool guy it sounds <laughs> yeah. like right
0: okay uh the next quote if you're nothing without the suit then
1: you shouldn't have it oh this is um this is from spider-man homecoming yes And is it, um, Robert Dyer Jr.? Yeah, it's Tony Stark. Good job. Two points there.
0: Yeah, uh, right after the boat scene, he's like, give me the suit. Bad boy. Yeah, yeah, Okay, the next scene, or the next, uh, quote, you're a
1: fraud, Spider-Man. You're a fraud, Spider-Man. Well, I know we have the reveal at the end of, like, Far From Home, that, but that doesn't, I don't feel like that's mentioned in that
0: would you like a hint i can try to say it as the character says it in the movie <laughs> sure i'd love he goes, to hear that he goes, you're a fraud spider-man and he yells out a window is as, this from is this from amazing spider-man no i'm sorry tyler this is from amazing spider-man 2 oh, and it's okay. said by harry osborne When he asks Spider-Man for some of his blood so he can cure his uh, disease. Oh, that's right, that's right. And he says, no, you can't have my blood, you freak. And he Mm -hmm. goes, you're a fraud, Spider-Man! And Spider-Man leaves. Alright, you ready for our last quote, Tyler? Yep. I think you have... I have five points. You have five points, so you could possibly sweep. You know, get six points. I get
1: six points, 100%. Alright, this one's a long one. Strap in. And Ryan continued to recite the entire screenplay. (laughs) (laughs) All of this, Every Spider-Man screenplay Okay, here we go He believed
0: that if you could do good things for other people You had a moral obligation to do those things That's what's at stake here Not choice, responsibility
1: Hmm I feel like Who's the he that they're referring to? Is it Uncle Ben? Is it Peter Parker? Um
0: I can tell you if you really want to know who the he is sure
1: it's peter parker's father oh okay so i feel like i feel like the movies that make reference to peter parker's dad are i mean all of them a little bit but i feel like i want to say the amazing spider-man focuses on like the fact that Peter Parker's dad, like, was known by, like, the Osmo or something like that. So I'm going to say this is from The Amazing Spider-Man.
0: It is from The Amazing Spider-Man. That franchise deals a lot more with Peter's parents' history than any of the other movie franchises. Yeah. And do you know the character that says it?
1: Oh. So right now you're at a total of six points. You did it. Yes, yes. I can get a little bit of extra credit here if I can guess this. Um, Amazing Spider-Man. I'm just going to take a wild guess and say, does this movie have an Uncle Ben? It does. I'm going to say Uncle Ben said it. It is Uncle Ben. It's, uh,
0: what's his name? Martin Sheen. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And this is the Amazing Spider-Man's way of doing the With Great Power Comes Great Responsibility speech without saying those words. Oh. They say all this instead. They say, if you could do good things for other people, you had a moral obligation to do those things. Because that's a lot easier than saying With Great Power power Comes comes Great Responsibility, right? I mean, Yeah. yeah for some people it took four lines when i wrote it all out but yeah that's a lot better right yeah okay
1: make a really good tattoo yes uh not great power but like the long version moral obligation (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's that's the episode tyler that's happy spy spider month spy december Spidemic? no 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 more (laughs) covid talk we hope you're having a wonderful December and a wonderful holiday season from all of us here at Preview Review. Happy Spider Month. We hope you're excited for No Way Home, because we sure are. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and that's it. And be sure to follow and subscribe on podcast platforms, wherever you're listening to us. Yeah, rate, Thanks like. so much for listening throughout the wild year. That's been 2021, and we look forward to being in your ears once again in January. Up next, the Preview It's about to be award season, baby. Thanks for listening. Bye.